Today's sermon, we, we had a great first service and uh, actually excited to see people kind of coming back and connecting into church. We had a full house first service and um, excited for this word because there's actually kind of two strategies to preaching, at least that I follow and some of my friends and mentors. You have what's called an unfelt need, which means like, hey, these are the common things you need to be preaching on a regular basis. Some of your major topics you would hit every single year, but then you also hit what's called a felt need. So kind of as a pastor, as a shepherd, you begin to kind of sense the atmosphere, sort of feel what's going on in your people and in your community. And then, and then you kind of lean into a sermon that's, that's really kind of practical and, and, and right on time, like kind of right a word season now. Now I know every sermon is that, but just this week as we've been going, actually last night, Jess was like, what are you preaching tomorrow? And I was like, we're going to find out because my thumb is on the pulse and uh, I kind of want to preach this, but I'm also waiting on the Lord to tell me to preach it. So this is that, this is a felt need sermon. Um, the scripture says this and I'll pray in just a minute, but the scripture says that in the last days, I believe we're in these last days. Uh, it says in these last days, there's going to be all kinds of seducing spirits. And that's not just, that's not sexual, although we know that's a thing, but saying, deceiving, seducing, manipulating, controlling. These evil spirits are going to set themselves up against God's people, up against his creation. You know, I wish it was easy as the devil presenting himself clearly to you and being like, would you like to choose sin today? Because it'd be pretty easy to be like, of course not. It's too obvious. But he's a deceiver. These, these spirits of the age, the spirits of these days, they're manipulating, they're, they're, in, they're doing this work. And so there's one that, that's pretty obvious right now uh, that's, that's after God's creation. And I want to preach on it today. I believe that there is just a spirit of anxiousness and fear and anxiety. Yeah. And, and some people are, are trying to handle that with prescriptions, and there's a time for that. Some people are trying to handle it with substance abuse. And of course, there's never a time for that. And so there's all of these ways, but God has given us a way. Are you with me? I'm grateful that he's given us a truth and an absolute truth that we can stand on. Even when it looks like no one else is standing that way, we can stand in his truth. Amen. And so let's pray and we'll, we'll jump into it. So God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and your truth, the way that you love us and lead us. God, we ask that you speak to us today. We don't just want to hear a sermon. We don't just want to go to church, but God, we want all that you have. We want to leave here better, living the way you created us to. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe for you, it's like the new season, right? Maybe for you, it's the new schedule. It's like, oh my goodness, uh, it's my, I'm going into high school. Maybe you're a young person here like, oh, high school, and this is a whole new thing for you. Or maybe for you as the parent, you're sending your kids into high school. You sent somebody off to college. You know, you've sent them off to college. Or maybe it's just the pace of the new schedule. I don't know if you're like us. All of a sudden, we get our kids' sports fall program, and we're like, wait a minute, we're doing what every night of the week for how long? Like, this is insane. This pace is crazy. There's new schedules. All this kind of stuff is like, it's, it's creating this anxiousness, this pace. I don't know, uh, this past week, I don't know if you noticed it, um, but they started the new season of, um, I don't know if you watch it or follow it, but they started the new season of political insanity that started this week. And um, that's going to be causing some anxiousness. That's going to cause your temperature to rise. And it's kind of weird about this season is it, it, it's not very creative. It feels like it's kind of a lot of last year's season, isn't it? Some of the episodes feel like reruns, but <laughs> mug shots and mask policy rumors and all this kind of stuff. But regardless of us joking around and kind of being silly about it, it causes anxiousness. Many of you were like, wait a minute, debates are on again? Like, oh no. And the news and like all this tensity, there's all of these different ways that anxiousness 
could begin to step in. I know that even the way we communicate to one another does a disservice, even in our pastor's groups. Seven staggering statistics pastors must know. Or you read a regular headline just comes around, four paralyzing problems every America, American's going to face in 2024. It makes you go like, oh my gosh, right? You also hear very concerning reports from Wall Street today, like all these big things. Oh, and then we hear things like, oh, if, if this guy gets in as president, this is going to happen. And, oh, if this person stays in and this leadership stays in, fear, the end of the world, you need to watch out. There's all this high anxiety. There's all this high tension. I believe it's the spirit of the age that's trying to get on God's people. Are you with me? As a pastor, as a shepherd, I know this, that one of the things that kills is fear. One of the things that that hinders and destroys is when people let fear and anxiety and anxiousness rule and reign in their life. I see it take down marriages. I see it take down careers. I see it take down your ability to parent. I see the calls of God are hindered. God calls people and, and, and commissions people to move, but because they're paralyzed in this fear and this anxiousness and the anxiety, they never step into what God has for them. So we got to watch out for this fear. Think about all through scripture, 365 times in scripture, we see three over 365 times in scripture. God says, fear not. Don't live in a place of fear. Don't be in a place of fear. As a matter of fact, it's the most common and commanded scripture. It's the most common and commanded command to you is, hey, don't be a people of fear. We can't be a people of fear and anxiousness and anxiety because it robs us and it steals us. I believe this. I believe that it's also one of the number one tactics of our enemy. We know that the scripture says that the enemy, Satan, is a deceiver. He's a manipulator. But I believe what's baked into that deception is this anxiousness, this anxiety, this wondering and worrying about what could be. He shows up to Adam and Eve. And of course, we know he tried to manipulate the situation. But he was also setting in and putting in anxious thoughts, stressful thoughts. He comes to Adam and Eve. Boy, that God you're trusting Boy, that, are you really sure that he said this and that that's good for you? Would it cause Adam and Eve to say, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe I should eat from that tree. Maybe God doesn't have the best for me in mind. Maybe he is holding back. Am I telling the truth today? So anxiousness and anxiety and there's this panic and there's this intensity. Why? Because I believe it does paralyze God's people and God's plan. Title of my sermon today is this, We Were Made for Dark Times. We, God's people, were created for these dark times. You can hear, as I describe all of these different things, we could go, boy, these are dark times. Pastor, can't you see the headlines? Don't you know what's going on in school? Don't you see the things that they're trying to put in place and propose? Shouldn't we be afraid? And you say, nah, bro, we're made for these times. God does his best work in the dark. How many know what I'm talking about? I thought about this. Fear, fear is appreciating the enemy's ability. When we say, oh, fear, you know, it's going to be a part of my life and I got, I got to be careful and I got to count the cost and I got, to, I got to watch out and I got to measure everything because I'm living in this place. Fear is putting that confidence in the enemy's ability. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about the, our enemy is the scripture says the day when the day comes when you see Satan. Scripture teaches us that we're going to go, that guy? Just that guy, that little nothing is the thing that terrorized us, that oppressed us, that caused us to live in anxiety. That, are you with me today? Because we're called to be a people who aren't appreciating the enemy's ability. Isaiah chapter 51 verse 12 says this. This is God. 
I, even I, am he who comforts you. You've got to get this picture. The creator of heaven and earth, the one who calls every star by name. Scripture says, the creator of heaven and earth, when he thinks of you, his thoughts toward you are more than the grains of sand on a beach. Think of all that. God goes, oh yeah, my thoughts toward you, my heart toward you, the way that I consider and love you and am for you. It's, it's more than all of that. So he's saying, hey, I, I am he, the creator. We were just up in northern Michigan. You look up at all the stars. You're like, holy cow, there's, and we can't even see all the galaxies and all of the different things. And the scripture says, yeah, God, all of those, I know all of those. And in that creative power and in that kind of lordship over everything, the scripture says, yeah, but I'm also, I'm the one who also comforts you and holds you. There's no reason for us to be fearful and anxious and wondering how it's all going to turn out. We have the creator of heaven and earth holding us. Scripture goes on to say it this way. Who are you that you fear mere mortals, human beings who are but grass, that you forget the Lord, your maker, who stretches out the heavens and who lays the foundations of the earth, that you live in constant terror every day. Because of the wrath of the oppressor who is bent on destruction. For where is the wrath of the oppressor? Where's this power coming from? Why are you putting confidence in this oppressor? Have you forgotten who I am? Amen. Yeah, but pastor, on CNN they say, who cares? Yeah, pastor, on yeah. Fox News they say, have you forgotten who holds the foundation of it all? That's the one that matters. We don't get anxious and anxiety and fearful based on what the mortals of this world say. Scripture tells us that, you know what you are? You're just aliens anyway. We're just passerbys. None of these rules apply to us. Can I get amen today? People say, well, pastor, I worry for my kids. I don't know about the world that they're going to be facing. I don't know about the things that they're going to be stepping into. Well, I'm glad you brought up your kids. Because Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13 says this, and all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace. Everybody say peace Peace. of your children in righteousness, right? Standing with God, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. You shall not fear and from terror for it shall not come near you. The spirit of this age is trying to say terror anxiety. Every teenager in the world says, I'm battling with mental health. I have, and all those things are real. But can I tell you something? God's promise is that it can be far from you. And so we need to pick up a language around our household of shall be and shall not be. You need to show up in a teenager's room and say, in this room, it shall be. In this room, it shall not be. Your Bible is full of a lot of shall be's. And so walk through the kitchen, walk over the dining room and say, in this house, it shall be. And in this place, it shall not be. Because all these things can be far from God. God's people. Can I get amen today? Spirit of the age doesn't apply to God's people. We have our protection and the scripture says when the enemy comes in like a flood, he what? Raises up a standard against it. We can have some shall be promises of God in our life. It shall be. I love David. The honesty of David uh, is awesome because God says about David, like, ah, David, that's my guy. I love that dude. He's my guy. Um, and of course, he had a lot of mistakes and did a lot of different things. But God's like, yeah, he's got a heart like that guy's that that's the real deal. And what I love about David is David says this in Psalm 56, three, he says, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. David understood that it's possible to have faith and fear at the same time. Meaning it's okay if I feel afraid, because let's be honest, this stuff is crazy out here. 
It's scary to think that some people think the way they do and want to push the things they do and agenda the things they do. That, that is fear-filled. But at the same time we go, boy, that looks scary. We can also be, thank God I have some faith. Amen. Thank God that I don't make my decisions based on places of fear. I can make decisions based on places of faith. I'm afraid. This is crazy. But God, I trust you. Amen. And I'm not going to make any decisions based on fear. I'm going to make them out of faith. Are you with me today? It's possible to have faith and fear at the same time. It's not wrong to have fear. It's dangerous to let fear be the foundation of your decisions and your reactions. Oh, I'm going to be careful. Oh, you told me don't do it. Usually, Andrew, oh, you're saying don't be careful. Don't be careful, Why do you think that many of the agendas are be afraid? Uh, this is dangerous. You better listen to us because it's da- this thing's dangerous. So you better listen to us and you better do what's safe for you and your family and your neighbor. <laughs> be, be, okay. So because it's dangerous, I, I, I want you to hear about fear. Some of you are like, I wasn't anxious at all till he, <laughs> I so, It's like an object lesson. I'm just getting you anxious so you know what it feels like. So it's like, what? This is dangerous. You better listen to us. Or if you don't agree with us, we're going to make it dangerous. We're going to cancel you. We're going to call you bigots. We're going to call you haters. We're going to shut down your business. We're going to... You should be afraid. You should be afraid. I will never do anything that hinders my worship. I thought about this. Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den because the powers that be came to him and said, "Um, you better not worship like that. You should probably comply with the way that we're worshiping. And he said, I'm not going to do anything that hinders the way I worship. Are you understand what I'm saying? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, the powers that be, we've decided this is the way we should worship. Because we have all the information and knowledge and we follow the... And so we've made this thing that everybody should worship. Yeah. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Yeah, but I got this Bible, this truth. I have yeah. this relationship. Yeah. And I'm not going to do anything that would cause my worship to be hindered. Yeah. Therefore, I won't participate. Is yeah. that a better word than the other word? <laughs> I'm just trying to stay on the internet at this point. <laughs> And we're joking and we're messing around. I know everybody's getting sweaty. I'm not. You are. But the spirit of the age is, is, is back to this. Yeah. It's safer. Yeah. Be careful. Right. We'll cancel you. We're going to make you look like this. Yeah. Your kids are going to end up like that. You know, all of these kind of things. Yeah. Are gonna try. 
But what are they trying to get you to subscribe? And I'm not trying to do the they thing right now. It's the spirit of the age that's saying anxiety, fear, yeah, intensity, right, anxiety, right. fear. And, it's right. a, and we can't figure out why mental health is the highest. Yeah. It's because we're like we're swallowing the pills of anxiety yeah. and depression yeah. and fear. Yeah. Are, are, yeah. Now, I grew up in the day where we used to kind of judge each other, rebuke each other this way. We get up in front of each other and we'd say, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So if you have fear, you're the devil. And it's like, no, no, no. David showed us. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to acknowledge there's some scary stuff going on right now. It could be in your own health. I'm not even talking politically. I'm just saying in your life, in your household, in your careers, you say, I'm kind of afraid for how this is going to turn out. But guess what? When I'm afraid... I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to move out in faith. Yeah. Why do we get to do that? Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Amen. But the scripture goes on to say, but of power, because yeah, right. we're not afraid of the dark times, yeah. of love, because we're going to love our neighbors, yeah. and we're going to accept everybody and embrace everybody and speak life over everybody. Yeah. Power, love, and what? Sound, Sound mind. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Not anxious filled. Not anxiety ridden. That's right. All right. I'm going to keep moving on for you. Will you guys visit me in jail? because I'm going to be so scared. <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> Cody's laughing because he knows. He's like... Matthew chapter 14. Uh, I love this story. Let me just give you the story and we'll stay on time. I know I tirated there a little bit, but we'll stay on time. And, uh, but Matthew chapter 14, for time's sake, I'll just give you the story. But I love this passage because it's the one where we get another great example of faith and fear. Just like David said, whenever I'm afraid, God, I trust you. I don't stay in a place of fear. I move out in a place of faith even when I feel afraid. Peter gives us the same example. John chapter 14 says, Jesus goes off to pray. He sends the disciples out on the water in the boat. The scripture says there's a great storm, tremendous storm that they're afraid of. It says wind, waves, lightning, all this kind of stuff. The scripture says that at this point, every single disciple wasn't just afraid. They were, scripture says, very afraid, very afraid. And then Jesus doesn't just do the nice guy thing. You know, one passage says Jesus immediately went from one place to another. He had the ability to just show up on the boat and calm them all down. Instead, he walks to them on the water, probably making ghost noises as they're already freaked out. And so he, he, he just starts showing up to them. And so now they look out on the water like, is it a ghost? They literally said, is it a ghost? And then Peter's like, I think it's Jesus. And here's where we get an amazing thing. They're all freaked out. But Peter says this to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. When you hear from God, when you get a word from God, it's the thing that pulls you from a place of fear into a place of faith. Peter said, I need a word, God. I need to get a word to pull me out of this place of fear into a place of faith. That's why Sunday morning is so important. Can I get a man today? That's why our women's Bible study and dudes donuts and devotions, because we find ourselves in boats of fear and we say, I got to get to a place where I can hear a word that pulls me out of fear. And so Jesus says back to him in verse 29, he said, come, then Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came toward Jesus. You will always get to do the extraordinary when you react in faith over fear. He didn't stay in the fear boat. 11 other disciples missed the opportunity to do the extraordinary because they chose a fear place over a faith place. They missed the miraculous because they stayed in fear. Peter was one of only two people to walk on water because he let faith determine his reaction, not fear. We cannot buy this anxiousness thing, this anxiety, this pace, this fear place, because it will hinder us from doing the miraculous. 
well, your church believes in healing? Yeah, because we don't have a fear of man, and we believe God. Are you with me? Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, speaking of Peter, out on the water, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. So he was reacting from a place of faith with eyes on Jesus, trusting him at his word. But then for some reason, when he got out there, he put himself back in a place of fear and it caused him to sink. It's the same thing in our life. When our eyes are set on God, when our eyes are fixed on him and we're moving in a place of faith, we can walk on water. When we take our eyes off and we put them on our surroundings, boy, the bank account's looking, maybe, maybe we should hold back. Oh, me. Maybe this, and maybe, and we begin to look at all our surroundings. Peter's walking on the water. I imagine the disciples are in the boat being like, what are you doing? You can't walk on water. Look at those waves. Look at the thing. And then maybe Peter did start to look at the waves and the lightning and the thunder. And he listened to the haters back in the boat and he began to sink. And here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus, the scripture says in 31 says that he caught him and said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? That wasn't like a heavy rebuke. Like you with no faith. Why did you doubt? He said it like this, like you would say to your kid, like, buddy, why did you doubt? You were doing it. You had it. Why did you go back to fear? You were doing it in faith. Come on, you can do this. And that's his same thing to you right now. Buddy, don't do it in fear. You can do this in faith. Are you with me today? Winston Churchill says this great thing on fear. He says, fear and faith are two forces very similar. They have the ability and power to create something out of nothing, bringing into being that which does not exist. Who are you co-laboring with? Are you putting your co-labor into fear and bringing something into existence that doesn't need to be a part of your life? Are you saying, God, no, I'm putting my energy and emphasis and trust and trust and bringing about that which you've called me. Mark chapter four, Jesus again gives an example of, of, of how much faith it takes. He's literally given this teaching in Mark chapter four. He says, guys, this is how faith works. He's like, I know you don't want to live in a place of fear. We're not going to have you live in a place of fear. He said, I need you in a place of faith. And he said, he said, listen to this, just, just the faith of a mustard seed. He's like, if you just give me faith of a mustard seed, he said, that thing will grow. And of course I'm paraphrasing, but read Mark four. He said, that thing will grow into such a healthy, remaining, strong it says that even the birds of the air can land and be sustained on this thing. If you just give me a mustard seed amount of faith, don't be in fear, just a mustard seed amount of faith, and you can do these amazing things. So here's what he does in Mark 4.35. It's kind of what I've been trying to get to the whole time. Mark 4.35 says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. That's Mark 4.35. Check this out. They are at a boat again. Jesus, being all-knowing, knows that there's going to be another storm on the way. So he says at evening, at the dark time, at the dark time, you know what I'm talking about. Things are getting darker and darker. Jesus says, hey, guys, load up. Let's go over to the other side. Because as it gets darker, Jesus says, let's take some ground. As things get darker in these last days, Jesus' message is the same. Hey guys, load up. Let's go take some ground. Amen. Let's go take some ground. He didn't say, hey, it looks like evening. looks like dark is drawn in. Why don't we button things up and hold back and just kind of kumbaya, let Cody sing some nice things. And they're like, no, he's like, hey, you know what? Let's load this thing up. Let's go take some ground in the dark. 
Uh, we don't like the dark, for being honest. Like in real life, we don't like the dark. We also don't like dark times in our culture. In real life, the dark is kind of hard, right? You can't see. It's hard to navigate in the dark. Uh, you're walking around your room, you know, you kind of have to really focus and you're kind of walking around in the dark, like trying to touch things and not make noise. And you're thinking to yourself, like, where's the dog? And that answer is always on the bed where you wish it wasn't. <laughs> but you're in the dark, you're like, uh, and it, things are exaggerated. Like you're walking in the dark, if you've ever been in the woods, what was that noise? You know, it's dark. I'm more scared of that little creaking noise in the woods than I would have been maybe in the day, but it's dark. It seems exaggerated. You have to go slow. You can't see how things necessarily are going to end in the dark. You can't look ahead about the outcome. Those dark times in our natural life make us timid. But can I tell you, as I mentioned earlier, God does his best work in the dark. Amen. When things look like, oh, God, I don't know how this is going to end this hour that we're living in, the time that we're seeing. God's like, hey, guess what? I do some pretty cool stuff in the dark. John 8 verse 12 uh, says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I think the enemy would love to say, like, oh, you're alone. Look at you out there in the dark. Yeah. You're just out there in the dark trying to do this thing, trying to live righteously, trying to make a difference in your community. You're just out there living in the dark. out in the. And he's like, no, 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 you'll never walk in the dark. Yeah. Because you have the light of life with you. Can I get an amen? We were made for the light. We serve the one who's the God who said, let there be. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. We serve the God who can show up on a scene and say, oh, guess what? Light in this situation. When there was the most darkness, God made light. We also know when God speaks, darkness will cease. And I believe that over America. Can I get an amen today? But pastor, it's getting so bad out there. Things are getting so bad. I'm like, no, it's getting so good. It's getting so good. We're about to have fun. That's why this declaration was made over Jerusalem, Isaiah 60, verse 1. It's the same thing over every believer right now. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the people. There is a thick darkness. There is a spirit of this age. There is a thick darkness over people. And it says, as that's happening, it says this, But the Lord rises upon you. And his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I love this arise, shine. Arise, shine means this. Arise means to stand up and shine means to stand out. God is calling his church to be a group that will stand up and stand out in some darkness. Can I get an amen today? God wants to use his people. God said in these last days, I will have a people who are going to stand up at all costs. This is not a time for daylight Christians come out when everything's easy and the birds are chirping some of the best rescue missions are sent in on dark yeah. you get the seals loaded up in boats and you drop them in the water in the middle of the dark and they come up on shore and they pull off some of the greatest missions you helicopter guys in in the middle of the night why because some of the best work can be done in the dark are you with me yeah. The reason Jesus had to say in Mark chapter 4, hey, we have to go over to the other side. I know evening's happening, he's saying. I know all that's going down. He said, but there's a reason we got to get to the other side. The reason they had to get to the other side is because when they got there, Jesus was healing people. He also set someone free who was demon-possessed. The scripture says that over 2,000 pigs got these demons and took off running. What I was here to say is on the other side was breakthrough and deliverance. Amen. Your now darkness is going to bring you to your next assignment. 
We can't just lay back in the dark. We've got to trust that God has something on the other side. There may be hell on this side, but heaven's breakthroughs on the other side. Are you with me? I'll close with this. I don't read the message version every single day, but I did bring the message version because I like the way that it says this. I don't suggest that you read the message version every single day as your daily driver, but I'm also not one of those people who get up there and say, it's blasphemy. Some people get really intense about it, but I like the message version because it's just, it changes things up a little bit. And Matthew 14 verse 16 says this, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Odd that the scripture refers to us being as light so often. It's almost as if scripture and God knew that times would get dark and we would have to go, you know what, in all this dark, I think I'm going to be a light. Bringing out the God colors in the world, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? We're not going to shrink back and shelter in place. You know the old song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it, I'm not going to hide it. What's the point of that? Instead, we're going to get involved in hand to hand and we're going to bring out the colors of this world and we're going to be the light that God's called us to do. And that's why we're going to do kids hope. And that's why we're going to make impacts in our community because that's God. It's called us to do that, not to hide. I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that you've been put there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. That's our call is shine. It doesn't say hide. It says, get out there and shine. Don't be caught down in anxiousness and anxiety and fear that's going to cause you to hide and play it safe. Get free of that and be people who can shine. I love as they were putting Joshua uh, into his commission. We get this amazing encouragement in Joshua 1.8. It says this, keep this book of the law always on your lips. God's truth, absolute truth, no spin zone, not fake news, God's truth that the scripture says never changes, never fades, will stand forever. Keep that on your lips. Not what people are saying on Facebook, not what people are saying on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. We don't get up every day and tell everybody about every conspiracy theory. What we do is we get up and we talk about what God's word is because that's on our lips. Are you with me? Meditate on a day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Then what does it say? Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For why? For the Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. Why would we be anxious? And I'm not trying to downplay fear and anxiousness and anxiety. I know all that stuff is real. But I think too many people make it a carrier and bring it with them all the time. Everybody, have you seen my cute little anxiety and stress and right? <laughs> Psalm 30, that, was, that wasn't in first service. It was, I was trying to get a better example than that. Psalm 34, four says, I saw the Lord and he heard me. And then he told me to do better and work harder and try more. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord because I went to God. I didn't go to a blog. I didn't go to a friend. I said, God, hey, I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling anxiousness. I'm feeling the spirit of this age is trying to get on me and in me. And so I'm going to seek you. And then when you do that, the scripture says, and he delivered me from all my fears. He took that from me. Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand 
saying to you, fear not, I'll help you. All of this dark times, all of this stuff that we have to navigate, all of these things that we're up against. It's not like God's like this. Hey, good luck, bud. (laughs) He's like, let's do it. Hey, give me your right hand. I'm with you. Let's go. I'm with you in this. You're not alone. I'll never leave you or forsake you. We can go be the light because we're going to be the light together. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And because he's our helper, I will not fear. What can man do? The answer is nothing because we're the head and we're not the tail. And I don't care what odds get stacked against us and what things may be set up against the people of God. Can I tell you something? The more they press, the more we win. You get a better aim then than that. God is saying, hey, don't don't buy into the anxiousness, the fear, the anxiety. He has for us power, love, and a sound mind kind of living. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray into that. I think if everyone was honest in the room, they would say there's some kind of anxiousness, anxiety, fear. Like if you spend time with a piece of paper right now and actually to ask you to write down some things that you're anxious about or fearful about, we could all come up with things. And then if we spent time looking at them, you could probably dig yourself into a deeper place of fear because the enemy would begin working to you. He'd he'd be be like, look at that list. And then he'd say, you know what's actually going to turn out? And and he would start to speak all this negative. But in the same way, you could make a list and you could write those things down and you could take a deeper look at them and you could have the mindset of, guess what? God wants to take my right hand and help me with everything on this list. He's given us the ability to walk Not in a spirit of fear, not in anxiousness, but we can walk with power, love, and a sound mind. So I don't know what those things are in your life. I don't know what they are for you watching online. I don't know what those are, but I believe that our God is a God who moves in power. And I believe that right now it's his desire for your life, for you to not have a spirit of fear and anxiety and anxiousness about anything. But I believe his desire is for you to leave this place or where you're watching online His desire is for you to leave, not in a spirit of fear, but in power, love, in a sound mind. If that's your desire this morning, you say, God, will you take this anxiousness? God, will you take this fear, this this lack of peace? If that's your desire, I believe when I pray, God can do that for you in this moment. You can grab hold of that right hand and God say, I'm going to be your helper right now. You can walk out these doors knowing, God, you're my helper. So when I pray, I believe that supernaturally God can move on your behalf in your mental health, in your emotion, in your psyche. I believe by the Holy Spirit, he can come who we know is the comforter. Let's believe that he can do that for your life as we pray. I'll pray for you. God, we are gathered here, brothers and sisters, grateful for a place where we can worship you in spirit and in truth, where we believe that everything you have for us, every promise every truth that you've declared over us. God, I believe that we can have those because you said we can have those. And God, your word says that we can be a people who walk in power, love, and a sound mind. So God, I pray over every person hearing this prayer. God, I pray that you give them in their life the freedom right now in this place, the freedom to walk with power, love, and a sound mind. We come against the spirit of this age. 
the seducing spirit that's trying to bring anxiety and anxiousness, depression and oppression. And we divorce and we rebuke that. We say that those will have no attachments to your people. God, we pray for a reverse on these young generations that have believed the the anxiety and the depression and the the pain and the the burdens that they have to carry. God, I pray that you show them your freedom, that you break chains, that you set captives free. God, I pray that you give us the boldness and the confidence to walk with you knowing that you're holding our right hand, that you're our helper. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.